all places together. Here we believe that our lives are connected to one another and rooted in God's inclusive and expansive love for diverse creation. I'm Colleen Montgomery, pastor of All Places Together and your podcast host. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. I've got a story for you, a story called Praying Together. When trying to figure out how to live out my faith, how to follow Jesus well, I sometimes get frustrated because I can't do so much of what Jesus did. I can't perform miracles, no walking on water or turning water into wine in this house. I can't heal people with a touch or with my words. And though I have moved many times as a pastor, I am not willing to give up a permanent address to be an itinerant preacher. In fact, I spend a lot of my time trying to figure out how to get more rooted in the place that I call home. Then while I do take on mitigated risks in living out my faith, I am like solidly trying to avoid dying because of my work. So there's lots of things that Jesus did that I will never be able to do or intentionally choose not to do. Yet on the other hand, there are things that I can do and do do that Jesus did. I can eat together with all kinds of people. I can try to love everyone in the best way I can. I can mark holy days with my community. I can take naps, Jesus napped. I can weep like Jesus did. And I can use my voice and resources to share love in the world, to seek restoration in community, and I can pray. In fact, in his book, Pastor in a Secular Age, Dr. Andy Root claims that the most important thing that a pastor can do in the present day is to pray and to teach others how to pray. That in praying, teaching in prayer, and in joining in prayer together, we become more aware of how God is at work in the world around us. The original topic of today's podcast was supposed to be worshiping together. But I'm feeling convicted by Andy and the Holy Spirit. So we're zooming out from worship together to praying together. And you might be saying to yourself, now worship is one of the ways that we do pray together. And you are right. And we are so going to get there. However, there are lots of other beautiful and important ways that we pray together that I also want us to reflect on. Several years ago, I led a day-long retreat for middle schoolers on prayer. The whole first chunk of it was a lesson about why we pray. And at the end of it, one of the teens looked at me dead on and with like no sarcasm or like ill will, just like bluntly said, I don't need to be convinced to pray. Let's just go do it. And I loved how he said this, this like call to action, like, come on, let's just go do it. But if I'm being completely honest, My inner voice in that moment said, you don't need to be convinced to pray like I do. Like I need to be convinced sometimes like this lesson was just as much for me as it was for you. I didn't say any of that out loud at the moment. Now I do kind of wish I would have. But that's the truth that there have been seasons in my life where I have needed to be convinced or convicted to pray. 
Like my prayers just feel route. Like I brush my teeth, I say my prayers, like same old, same old. And there have also been seasons when I don't really pray at all out of my professional duties. I don't have anything to say or it doesn't seem like anyone is listening. I can't tell that my prayers are making any type of difference in my life or in the lives of others, let alone the world as a whole. One of the things that brings me back to prayer in seasons like this is stories of other people who have been impacted by or through prayer. Their words or their prayers are nuggets of hope for me. They're inspiration that make me take a deep breath and go, okay, let's try this again. So that's actually what I want our time together to be like today. Stories of real people in my life and others who have shared, who have been impacted by prayer. So thank you to those who shared stories through email and Instagram this week about powerful moments of prayer in your life. Each kind of story and situation that I'm going to talk about is a little bit different. So wherever, whoever, and however you are today, I hope that one of these speaks to your heart and makes prayer feel a little bit easier today. Growing up, one of the most profound experiences of prayer I had was at camp. Like I prayed every night at home and in worship at church on Sundays, but praying at camp felt different. Uh, Something about being outside with more people who were my age, it just felt more holy and more special. But the closing prayers that happened at the end of each week were particularly important to me. During that time, each camper would get some one-on-one time with their counselor. Their counselor would name how they saw God's gifts in that camper and then would pray for them directly by name. Guitars were being played softly in the background, and there was this holy murmur of soft voices, laughter, and some tears, too. In these moments, I felt seen, loved, and valued by someone outside of my regular life, someone who I got to show like the truest version of Colleen at age 12 or whatever. And these were deeply meaningful experiences to me. When I worked at the same camp, it was then a joy and honestly a little stressful too to share these affirmations and prayers with my campers at the end of the week. To be honest, like sometimes this was a lot harder than others, but I knew the impact that my words could have. So I would spend all week watching my campers closely to be able to bless and pray for them well on Friday night. Like even the campers, and probably especially for the campers that drove me nuts, I wanted to be able to be authentic and true so that I could say something like, I saw God's love for you in creation when you wanted to stay at that creek and be in the mud and like not go back to the cabin. Like that's such a gift that you can love God's earth so much. I wanted to be able to pray that God would continue to be with them, to help them grow in their gifts and their love, and to be able to thank God for their time in our cabin and with me. I wonder what it would look like for you in your life to share such a time of prayer with someone. 
Maybe that's a child, whether it's your kiddo or a niece or a nephew, a nibbling or a neighbor. Maybe a spouse or your partner or a friend that you are really grateful for. It will likely feel a little awkward or weird to do this sort of thing for the first time out of the blue, but it can be a powerful time to both share and also hear how you see God's gifts and love in another person and to pray for someone by name with them. It's really a beautiful prayer together. Though not a time of formal affirmation, Tori shared a story about prayer with her son. She writes, My son is autistic and was previously labeled as minimally or nonverbal. Prayer times have always been one of the times that he's most calm. During bedtime prayers a few months ago, he looked at me and said, Love you, Mama, and threw his arms around me. Since then, he's been gaining words every day. Tori, thank you for sharing this beautiful story with us. I got goosebumps as I was reading out loud. I can only imagine how powerful it must have been to hear him say that he loves you for the first time. What a gift. And this story is a testament to how prayer time can create deep peace in all people, no matter how our minds and bodies work. We don't always understand the effect that prayer can have on us, especially when it seems like there isn't an effect. Nothing has changed. But then somehow, one night, something does. Throughout a Lutheran worship service, there are all kinds of different types of prayers. There are prayers that remind us that God is with us. There are prayers that ask God to be with us in the same way that God guided and taught the people in the Bible. There are prayers in which we ask God to care for the world, those we love, and for us too. There are prayers in which we say thanks. There are prayers that we ask God to bless the waters of baptism and the wine and bread of communion with. And there are prayers that bless us to help us get through another week. Likewise, there are a variety of people who speak the prayers. Some prayers are led just by one person, and then everyone says amen together at the end. That person might be a pastor or a deacon, or it could also just be a member from the congregation. Some prayers we say all together, the whole group. And some prayers go back and forth between groups or individuals taking turns leading. Again, if I am being honest, which I'm really trying to do here, my feelings towards these prayers really run the gamut over the course of my life. There are some Sundays when I am so thankful to say the words that I have been saying my whole life. So glad that I can just close my eyes and pray with my whole heart, listening to my voice blend in with everyone else's around me. Then... There are other Sundays when I'm annoyed that I'm saying the same words that I've been saying my whole life. I'm bored. Isn't God bored? Like, why are we here doing this again? Can we please just find some new words to say the same things in, like at least spice it up a little bit? And in the same way, I can feel both deeply connected and deeply annoyed when the prayers are new things that I don't know. New words can like cut into my heart and heal something that I didn't know was hurting. 
And then new words can also throw off my rhythm and make me stumble through my words. And I'm asking like, what just happened in a not kind way? So if you have felt any of these things or really any other kind of way about prayers in church, know that you're not alone, that there are likely people in the same room who are feeling the same way. Or at the very least, there's someone in the world praying at the same time that's feeling the same way. In the midst of this, there's a practice that I learned from a previous congregation that helps ground me during one time of prayer when I find it easiest to get distracted or annoyed. The prayers of the people are a set of prayers that are most often led by a single voice with a repeated response by the whole group. They follow the same pattern most of the time, praying for church, creation, leaders, those who are sick and suffering in any way, local concerns, and then end with giving thanks for those who are died. The words may vary week to week, but the pattern is the same, and my mind tends to wander. A congregation I served taught me the practice of repeating the name back of the person who we were praying for. And this just really helped me to focus and ground myself in that prayer. So the long list of people we would pray for would go something like this, Colleen Montgomery. And then we would repeat the first name back. So it would go Colleen Montgomery, Colleen, Bob Humphrey, Bob, Phyllis Milton, Phyllis. And the whisper back of the name was holy and beautiful. And it centered all of us on this person in a shared moment of compassion and hope. Because each name was different and the list changed from week to week, you had to pay more attention. And it's a practice that I've carried with me. So even if no one else that I'm worshiping with repeats the names back, I do. I whisper them quietly, and each whisper feels like a little spark of love going out into the world. I invite you to try this the next time that you find yourself in a situation where you're praying for a long list of people by name. Even if you only speak the name in your heart, even if you don't whisper it out loud, I hope you'll try praying in this way. And that's actually, speaking of just praying in your heart, That's the perfect transition to this last type of prayer that happens in worship, or at least that we'll talk about today. The prayers that are only in our hearts and in our minds. The desperate pleas, the doubting questions, the raging frustrations, the sighs of relief and comfort, and all of the other things that we say to God during worship. These are so important. Now, of course, the prepared prayers are important for the life of the community, right? They remind us that together we are God's people and that God's love for us has changed our lives. These prayers ask for God's help for our community to live more faithfully together and on our own. These communal prayers matter, and the ones we whisper in our hearts matter too. Because I think these are the ones that reveal our hearts, reveal our hearts both to God and sometimes to ourselves as well. The please God, why can't this thing happen or this person do that? Reveal where we are hurting, insecure, or worried. The doubting questions 
Show where we are seeking to grow and to learn where we need God to show up and provide some hope, if not some clarity. The raging frustrations may reveal where we have been hurt or how others we love have been hurt or how we might need to seek healing or speak out. The sighs of relief and comfort show how we have grown or how we have experienced healing or how we are learning to trust in God in new or deeper ways. And of course, these prayer from our hearts can happen anywhere and anytime. They are not just limited to when we are in a church building or when we are joining in a worship service online. We are able to pray to God on our own or with others, wherever, whoever, and however we are. I want to end the podcast with one last story from a listener. Laura, who is also an ELCA pastor, shared a story about a time when someone prayed for her. Pastors in our tradition have to do a unit of what's called clinical pastoral education. For most of us, that means a summer of working as a hospital chaplain. Laura writes this about her first day. A nurse prayed with me on my first day of CPE when I thought I was getting kicked out because of a missing vaccine. I never saw her again, but it was a moving prayer for me. I don't know about you, but my tummy twisted when Laura is saying that she's afraid of being kicked out of her program. Like that would have thrown off her whole seminary career. And just like how beautiful for this nurse to play for her. Like I love how this story flips the expectation that the pastor has to be the one to pray all of the time. Like, of course, this is part of the pastor's job, like especially in a hospital, like that's literally why Laura was there. But what a gift to receive prayer in the moment of distress. I wonder if you've had a moment like that. A moment when it seemed like everything was about to fall apart. Maybe it felt like your world was ending or perhaps just getting really, really complicated in a way that was going to take the most time and energy to sort out. Did a prayer or a connection with another person or being in God's creation bring you some peace, some clarity or a glimmer of hope? Maybe the next time you find yourself in that situation, whether you're the one experiencing the crisis or not, you'll take a moment to pray, maybe just in your heart, but maybe even out loud with that other person. I hope that Laura's story can be an encouragement to listeners who don't do professional ministry, a reminder that your prayers matter. Your prayers have impact and value on pastors and everyone in your life. I know it can be nerve-wracking to pray out loud in front of other people, even if it's just one person, especially when you're praying for them. Yet, like Laura, I have experienced the difference and impact that these prayers can make in my life and in the lives of people who have been prayed for. And the truth is, the act of praying might just have an impact on you too. I don't know if you are like that middle schooler at my prayer retreat who didn't need to be convinced to pray. I don't know if you're like me who sometimes does need to be convinced to pray. I don't know if you pray every single day or if you never pray at all. 
Yet I deeply hope that you felt a spark of wonder and hope during this episode. I hope that in all the ways that you live out God's love in the world, that you can be like Jesus because you can pray too. Jesus prayed in all of the ways that we talked about today. Jesus prayed one-on-one with people he spent long periods of time with and those he only ever saw in passing. Jesus prayed in worship and as part of a daily rhythm of prayer before meals or at certain times of the day. And Jesus joins us when we pray too. That's the reason why so many Christians will close prayers in Jesus' name I pray or in Jesus' name we pray because there's trust that Jesus is with us in our prayers. Even when we are praying alone as a singular person, we're actually praying together with Jesus. He's there with us in that time and place. If you haven't prayed in a long time, maybe this is the week to try again. Maybe when you're driving or on a walk in the neighborhood, just say hi to God. If you journal, maybe write a note to God. If you're a candle person, light a candle and sit and say hi. And if you aren't sure what to say, you can read a prayer from the All Places Together page or a different prayer book, or maybe even the Bible. And it's also okay to just say hi and be in that moment and say amen. If you're a regular praying person, I invite you to pray for all of us who listen to the podcast, those who you know that listened and those that you don't know, because God knows all of us who are here today. Will you pray for us, especially for those of us who are having a hard time finding the words to pray? And all of this, remember that whether it's been years or seconds since your last prayer, God is always there to listen. God is with you and sees you when you pray, wherever, whoever, and however you are. Instead of writing a prayer for this week, I selected a prayer that I think many of you will know. It's called the Lord's Prayer, sometimes called Our Father, because I wanted something that we could pray together, something that you and I, and if you're listening this with multiple people, that we could say together at the same time. So I invite you to pray whichever version of the Lord's Prayer you know in any language that's closest to your heart. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. We hope you experience God's love for you and the world in today's episode. Next Monday, August 21st, is Zoom Communion Night for APT. 
Even if you aren't sure about communion, I hope you'll consider coming to pray with us. The link to sign up to get the Zoom link is on our socials. So please take a moment to hop onto Facebook or Instagram to sign up to get the list. We're gathering at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And we'll actually be gathering each third Monday of the month. So feel free to set that as a recurring event in your calendars. Let me know if you've got any questions. We've got a space ready for you. I also hope you'll consider joining All Places Together and Technicolor Ministries out of Texas for God's Work, Our Hands Sunday Day of Service. This is September 10th. This is a special day of service that our national church body does each year. Together with Technicolor, we'll be doing an online event to support the trans community. We'll talk about the importance of writing letters to our elected officials to show support for our trans siblings, and also have the chance to make cards of affirmation and celebration for LGBTQIA community centers. You'll need to bring your own writing supplies and card making supplies, but if you sign up to get the link, it's all over our socials. We'll be sure to send you a list of what you need and how to join in. We'll gather at 4 p.m. on Sunday, September 10th for this event. As always, thank you to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Thank you to each individual who gives to support the ongoing ministry of All Places Together. If you would like to make a financial gift, you can go to our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give Now. Click that button and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. You can make one-time gifts or set up a recurring donation at that page. Until next time, remember that God loves you and sees you wherever, whoever, and however you are.